0: How do people who have lost themselves, I mean those who are really tired of living a life that the world has told them they should be living, finally start to find their own voice and live authentically, they listen in and take action towards discovering who they are originally, tuning in and following their true north star to the life that they've always known has been calling them. It's your girl Raffyant. But we're friends now, so you can call me Fifi or Raffy. That's cool. And welcome to FYFM, follow your first mind podcast. And if you felt that way, then this podcast is for you. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Follow Your First Mind, FYFM podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here. And I am excited to introduce Brianna Chanel. Woo! She's in the building. An amazing author, poet, I mean, advocate. You do, you wear so many hats. It's really amazing to see how you've been flourishing and being who you are. I'm excited to have you here. So please introduce yourself to the people listening.
1: Yes, thank you. Um, I'm very excited, as you already know, to be here. Um, So yeah, my name is Brianna Chanel. Um, As you've already mentioned, I do wear a few hats. So I am a poet. I am an author. I'm a student, currently doing my MSW. Um, I'm also a youth worker. So I did an undergrad in family and community social services. And so far, the majority of my work, or I would say all of my work, has been specifically within the youth sector. Aside from that, as you mentioned, I am an advocate specifically for issues within the Black community, systemic anti-Black racism. Yeah, I love literature,
0: that's awesome, that's awesome. Which I didn't know until recently that we actually have that in common. I actually okay. used to work with youth myself. I'm uh-huh. um, a so youth worker. Um, so kudos to you. I know how difficult the job is, but how rewarding the job is when you are able to touch even one youth's life and help them to change. Okay. And breaking down those systems. I mean, it's real. People think that Canada is a bucket of roses. Listen, We have our own... <laughs> We have our own thing to deal with over here. Um, well, kudos to you in doing the work that you do. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's start off with the first question, really, which is to you, you know, what does your intuition feel like? What does it look like to you?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um, for me, it feels like this something in my stomach. Mm. It feels like butterflies, but not in a good way most times
2: <laughs> like, it's going uh, crazy. yeah
1: it's like a um it's like a like a deep-seated something I don't know what the word is but it's always in my stomach mm, always in my stomach yeah
0: ah, I love asking people this question because I find that for each person it really is like a different love language mm-hmm. you know it's, it's really different for each person I find that really cool
1: yeah what it looks like uh, I feel like what it ends up looking like on the outside is anxiety.
0: (laughs) Mm, Interesting.
1: Yeah, because I just I feel like I get I feel very unsettled when some my my intuition is telling me something, and so it looks like anxiety on the outside, but it's really just intuition slash Holy Spirit telling me
0: something. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point to bring up because I find. I didn't, I didn't like hone in on that part for mm-hmm. me until really December. Mm-hmm. I had an instance where I was just feeling super overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and like life was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm anxious. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Just, just completely, my peace is just completely disturbed. Like I yeah. cannot get it together, and mm-hmm. I knew something was bothering me, but I couldn't quite yeah. figure out what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. I think also like it's a process in regards to like understanding when it's your children mm. I feel like a lot of times when, you know, when we're younger, or in certain situations, um, we're almost made to believe that our intuition makes us crazy.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. so like,
1: you start wondering, like, okay, am I overreacting? Am I being crazy? Or is something actually telling me something? So I feel yeah. like, you know, being able to, to, like, navigate through that and, like, really learn when, especially if you do suffer from anxiety, like, learning what is what is anxiety and what is your intuition like deciphering the two It's a process.
0: <laughs> process it's never it's it's ongoing, but I would love to you to speak to like what was that like for you mm-hmm. coming into understanding what that voice is versus understanding the other voices that are kind of keeping you at bay.
1: Mm-hmm. I think to be honest, I don't know if I've mastered that yet to be very mm-hmm. honest, but I think I've definitely gotten better and I think. For me, it's about analyzing my thoughts and asking myself questions like, what is this thought rooted Mm. in so that I can see like, okay, like are the things that I'm feeling based on reality or are they based on fears? Mm. If it's based on a fear, then it's usually just anxiety. And if it's based on like real, you know, real happenings or real um I don't want to say real feelings because all feelings are real. But if the feelings <laughs> are rooted in like things that have actually happened and not things that I'm afraid of happening, then yeah. it's intuition. Whereas if it's just like, oh, something that I'm afraid of happening, but it didn't really happen, and I'm just overthinking, then it's usually yeah. anxiety.
0: Wow, that's good. I think that's a really good point because I honestly believe the opposite of intuition is fear.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, because the opposite of love is fear, right? And yeah. so you can kind of find yourself spiraling into a space where you're believing lies instead of looking at what the truth is.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: Wow, wow. And you said something earlier, which I think it's important to touch on, and the fact that when you grow up, you're kind of made to not even listen to that Mm -hmm. voice. It's like, listen to everything else or whatever I'm saying instead of your voice. And that was Mm -hmm. a big lesson for me because I realized this year, well, 2020, I'll say specifically, that before that, I really didn't know what my voice was because I was so used to wow. living my life for other people like whether yeah. it be the partner I was with or my family not to say it was all bad things but just like all these things kind of told me who I was I yeah. didn't know who I actually was so can you share your story around like what it was it like for you to coming into understanding okay who was Brianna Chanel like what does she think what does she feel what does she say Hmm,
1: that's a good question and that's actually something that I've Um, contemplated, I think that learning yourself is a process because we don't stay the same. (laughs) If I learned something about myself a year ago, that that thing can no longer be true for who I am right now.
0: Hold on, people need to hear that. What, (laughs) yes, it can't be true because you're a year older, exactly. Experience has happened. Wow, Mm -hmm. sorry, sorry, go ahead. That was good.
1: No worries. Um,
0: The whole word,
1: (laughs) I think that. um, like, luckily, I, I didn't. Like, I am West Indian. Um, mm-hmm. I know A lot of times, like, being West Indian, you know, we're kind of we raised in, like, the do as I say, you know, mm-hmm. don't have an opinion. But luckily for me, I did not grow in, up in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in an environment where I was able to, you know, express what I felt. I was able to engage in conversations, even if there were adults having the conversations, obviously within meaning. Mm-hmm. So I've always kind of been expressive so I think that that definitely helped but I think also to be honest being in the field that I'm in really helped because as I'm learning you know different um, things within the social field and learning how to help people it shows you that self-reflection is so important
2: because Mm -hmm.
1: a big part of like you know working through trauma and working through different problems is being able to reflect on how has this thing affected me what am I going to do so that, you know, it can, like, these effects are not weighing on me so much that I can't navigate through everyday life things. Um So I think that, to be very honest, like, having that self-reflective, those self-reflective moments has really helped. But it could also be a bad thing because sometimes, like, you examine everything. <laughs> and mm. things don't have to be that, that, that complicated. Nice um, but going back to your question around how did I how i don't even want to say how did i how do i navigate mm. through, through the process of learning myself i think it's uh, man it's hard to answer because i feel like i'm still like
0: it's,
2: it's ongoing for sure yeah but yeah, it's ongoing.
1: i think for right now it's having legitimately having conversations with myself yeah. asking myself you know hard questions um look i do oftentimes look back through like conversations or like situations and ask myself okay You behave this way. Was that appropriate? If it wasn't appropriate, where did that come from? Why, like... Why are you acting that way? In other situations like this, have you acted that way? And if not, what's the difference? Like, just really asking myself those. Wow.
0: those are really good. That's really an analytical, but like a good, solid assessment. Like it's mm-hmm. like you looked at the, you looked at it from an observer point of view.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I tried to at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's probably difficult. No, yeah. it's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. I think also having people around you that are not afraid to call you out too. Mm, like that's true. <laughs> as self-reflective as you are, there's only so much that you're going to see as yourself. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, sometimes when, like, there's people around us that, like, they kind of just say whatever it is they think that we like. But I think it's super Mm -hmm. important to have people around you that are going to call you out and be like, oh, like, I noticed this, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, yeah call you out on things and I think sometimes that's difficult because we often gravitate towards people who think the same way as us and like are not going to challenge us
0: it's important to look at what your support system is Mm -hmm. but also fostering I think accountability within those support systems so then they are okay with calling you and you calling them out Mm -hmm. um what I'm finding, like I call it gangster Jesus, because <laughs> he will straight up call you out, Listen. and that's what love is, right? Like Listen. if you if out of love, you know what I mean. So, sometimes I'm just like, okay, Lord, I am- hear <laughs> <Anyway>. you. <laughs> he just snatches you up, and i was like, okay, I'll go say right? the white there, but it's it's for your betterment,
1: mm-hmm. right? Sometimes <laughs> you are to argue, and you're like, what am I really doing? Who am I really <laughs> arguing with right
0: <laughs> now? Because <I> honestly. <laughs> I'm on that moment today, guys. I'm going to be 100%. On this, on this podcast, I talk really about being real. And so for me right now, I was concerned about finances. And so I was like, God, like, why is this still an issue? Like, I did so much work. And like, right away, it was like, because you're making it an issue. I was like, oh, okay. okay. all right. My just sit over here, but it was a good reminder, and I appreciate those kind of moments because it shows me as well what love is. And sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to be called out your BS. Yeah, right. When you get stuck in those uh, spirals of overthink and overanalyzing, mm-hmm. you get stuck there, and sometimes you need somebody else to kind of pull you out if you're not able to.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and I think also in regards to like relationship with self, I think something like for me, especially yeah. within 2020, that was a big big deal. Was Mm. learning self-forgiveness. Like Mm. that part, listen.
2: Yeah.
1: That God yelled at me, like he (laughs) was so worried and was like, listen, like. Because it's so easy to be like, yeah, I forgive other people, but then, like, mm. you realize if you really sit and, re- and sit and think about, like, your actions, like, even, like, certain fears and, like, certain inhibitions, they come from, like, not trusting yourself, like, not trusting yeah. yourself to make the right decisions. Yeah. So, you hold back from doing certain things because you're like, last time I tried this, I messed it up. And you don't even realize that you're doing that.
0: It's so, all repeats.
1: Like, exactly. On mm. Exactly. So, like, you know, it's, I think one of the biggest things I asked myself in 2020 was, what are the things that I don't forgive myself for? Mm. Like, and why is it so hard for, for me to forgive myself? And what do I need in order to be able to start the process of self forgiveness?
0: Um, I love how you said that the process of self forgiveness because it is a process. Sometimes you get yanked back into like, girl, you did it. Yeah. Yep. And you have to start all over again with for- mm-hmm. forgiving yourself.
2: Yeah.
0: That's huge and definitely a lesson that I feel like I learned as well. I feel like you can't, you can't. Um, really, like, hone in or tune in to your intuition without forgiving yourself. Because exactly. you have to be able to trust yourself. Yep. Yep. Wow, that's really good. That's really good. And so give me an example. For you, like, what does a per- forgiveness process look like? For example, earlier this year, I decided, what uh, you know, beginning of the year or the end of the year, 31st of December, mm-hmm. I wrote all the things that I wanted to forgive myself for, and I literally... Mm-hmm. Burned it up, put it in a bowl, burned it up outside. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And that's me. That's something my sister's been telling me about, but I just finally tried it. And it was so empowering. Mm-hmm. And I felt polite.
1: Yeah. And
0: so what do you do? Because I feel like sometimes you need a symbolic thing. We need a physical thing yeah. as well yeah. as an intellectual yeah. thing.
1: Yeah, for me, writing is a big thing,
0: naturally. Um,
1: So, like, I I have to write things down to see, like, it can't just be in my head, because then, you know, it's not, for me, this doesn't feel solidified. But that process looks like, I feel like, for me, that process of forgiveness is kind of like when you're forgiving someone else. Like, let's say, for example, I'm going to use a typical example, but let's say, you know, you're in a relationship and your partner steps out, Um, and then, you know you you decide that I'm going to because you have the right to decide whether you're going to stay and forgive or you're gonna yeah. you're gonna leave or forgive or you're not gonna forgive like you have, yeah. you have that that right but in the process of forgiving and staying you can't continuously bring that thing up
2: yes. so
1: I see it similarly with myself where it's like if I'm choosing to forgive myself for this thing when I'm going for whatever it is when if I'm going so let's say for example I'm I messed up in a relationship um when I'm going to attempt another relationship and that thought of you messed up the last time comes up I'm gonna have to remind myself that I can't keep bringing that up because I said I forgave
2: myself Mm, wow yeah
1: that's
0: That's huge mm -hmm. that's huge because then how else can you really formulate proper relationships in any regard with yourself or others if you're not willing to let it go, like exactly. actually let it go, then are just like, oh yeah, I moved on. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it's the it's the actual. Like, it's easy to say, but then it, there's mm. a process. Like, forgiveness is a choice. But even after you choose to forgive, it's still a process that you have to go through. It's not that okay. I choose to forgive, mm. so all the feelings are gone. So it's like yeah. okay. After you make that choice, what are you gonna do to ensure that you're fault that you're, you're you're following up with what you said you're gonna do.
0: That integrity right i feel like intuition is very much tied to the integrity of yourself Mm -hmm. um you do follow through but i think what's important to also note here is that memories are very long lasting Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it could be something that triggers a memory that makes you remember oh shoot, i messed up here or Mm -hmm. even like really looking at the body like from the head down all Mm -hmm. that it stores memories as well. Yeah. People don't think about it like that. They just think it's just in their head. But no, yeah. your body physically, your organs, your womb for women, mm-hmm. especially who so many memories. Yeah. And so when you're doing certain things, sometimes you're triggered. Mm-hmm. And so you need to remember, I guess, in those moments, especially, okay, mm-hmm. I, already, I already forgave myself. Mm-hmm. And so I can let it go again.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Because trust me, I was a person this whole year. My sister was always telling me, give yourself grace. Give yourself- mm-hmm. I was just like beating myself up with that condemnation or yep. judgment. Um, with I should be over this already, I should be past this. Yeah, um, why is this still coming up for me? It was like, um, my ex partner, why do I still miss yep. him? Like, you know, yep. it's just yep. like,
1: yeah,
0: it's okay. Like,
2: and <laughs> I think we
1: we we interrupt our 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 healing process by not giving ourselves grace and by acting mm. like we're over things because wow. you want to be the hard one. You want to be the one that I get that's fine. I moved on. Mm. So we we act like everything is good. <laughs> but it's like there's gonna come a point where you're gonna have to face that. Like so
0: you're, honestly you're it's probably the worst process. thing to do.
1: Yep. You're just delaying the process because you yeah. have to go through the process regardless.
0: That's true. And in <laughs> essence really delaying your blessings. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't quite you might have finished something, but if you didn't complete it, mm. you, you really can't do whatever's next or get whatever's
1: yeah, next. Yeah. And, and if you, you it, I, it, you're going to fail. <laughs>
0: right? And that's the thing. That was the loop that I was stuck into my whole life, right? Failed businesses, failed, like, all these things I was trying to do, but just nothing was working out because I had to realize, like, oh, deep inside, I did not think I was enough. I did not respect myself enough. I did not love myself enough. So, obviously, everything I touched wasn't doing what I wanted it to do because I yeah. was looking at myself like who are you <laughs> you know Yeah. Ooh, girl this is for real so, <laughs> talk to me about how your intuition has kind of guided you into what you do now because I know you have your many hats so maybe you will choose okay. writing for me I feel like writing is your gift mm-hmm. um, one of your main gifts I'll say okay. Thank you. how has that kind of led you to where you are now
1: cool. I don't. I, it's hard for me to connect intuition to the beginning of my writing process, just because I feel like I wasn't as connected with myself when I started writing. To be honest,
0: uh, hold, on, hold on. That means through your writing, you're able yes. to connect. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I started. To be honest, I started writing um after experiencing sexual trauma. Wow. Um, and it was kind of a process, kind of like how you mentioned like burning the papers, where I would kind of like journal or write what I was feeling because I didn't feel like I had a place for expression, and then I would like rip up the paper and throw it out and be like, okay, like that's gone, like it's gone with oh. me. Obviously, that wasn't the the truth because <laughs> therapy is necessary. But oh.
2: um <laughs> the therapy too, girl? I hear you. right?
1: But that was I guess my coping method at the time. So that was oh. that. And then, um, then I started, like, writing, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing, but, like, I started writing, like, love poems. I know nothing about love, but whatever, I was writing love poems because that's what poets do, they write love poems. So I started, like, writing that type of stuff, and I remember sharing, like, with my best friend in high school, and she's like, oh, like, this is actually really good, and I was like, oh, like, Really? <laughs> And then I kind of started taking the writing more seriously. So then I uh, like stepped a little bit into like the spoken word type um type of realm. Um, I think I did my first spoken word poem at a Black History Month event at my high school. And then after that, I kind of like started writing more um based on a, based off of like my own experiences, like example around like sexual assault and stuff like that. Um and then I started doing open mics more, and then that, that's how I really got into like spoken word and poetry. And then I kind of stepped away from the the spoken word realm a little bit just because I felt like the, like, I don't know, I felt like the Toronto, like, art scene was very, like, fabricated. Like, it didn't feel sincere. It just felt like...
0: That's interesting. Writing is supposed to be an expression of self.
1: Yeah, and and that's not say because they weren't being true to self, but it just felt Mm -hmm. very, like hierarchical and like mm. like people would get the le- limelight and you, know, yeah. you had to write in a certain way and sound a certain way and you had to like, mm. think deep about everything and like just super wow. like, weird stuff. Um, there, uh,
0: there was a formula as you said. Yeah,
1: say. there was a formula and I just wasn't about it. Like I was just like this is not me so I kind of stayed away from that. And then of course like with school and stuff it got busy. In my last year of my undergrad I decided that I wanted to write a poetry book. So I started that process by kind of, like, collecting the poems that I had written and kind of decided, like, okay, what do I want this poetry book to be about? And I kind of just wanted it to be my life, but, like, in the mm-hmm. form of poetry. So I did that. I wrote a poetry book and then published yeah. it on my birthday in twi- – or launched it on my birthday in 2017. Wow. And then as for right now, what my writing process is, honestly – I'm just allowing myself to be more free with it. I feel like when I was younger, I kind of was like, I want to do this, and I want to do that. And like, there are things that I do want to do, but I recognize that when I try to rush things when it comes to writing, it doesn't turn out the way that it doesn't turn out the best. Like Other people may hear it and be like, oh, it sounds good, whatever, it's such a good poem, but I know what I'm capable of.
2: Um, Mm. It doesn't
1: feel like my best work for me. So I'm definitely wanting to get a little okay. more into storytelling, short stories.
2: Nice.
1: Um, I have a novel that's sitting on my chest. So we'll see how that mm-hmm.
2: goes. Okay.
1: Um, okay. But yeah, that's kind of my process through writing. I definitely feel like um, it's helped me to come into my own, um, mm-hmm. kind of going through that process of initially, you know, wanting to write to sound like a good poet and then just writing to express myself and then, you know, kind of going through that process, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that's what it really sounds like to me. Like once it starts to kind of rock your piece or not feel not feel as authentic to you anymore, yeah. you kind of made that shift organically. Yeah, yeah. Feel. I feel like that's what intuition I feel like that's how intuition leads you. Mm. It shows, you, hmm, this is not really the business it, for you yeah. right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's <laughs> true. I never looked up, at it that way, but it's very true because once it didn't feel Like, good to me, I definitely stopped doing. I didn't know that that was intuition at the time. But now I do know that that definitely was intuition, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And I love how it, I feel like its job, um, its main job is to really bring us into ourselves, right? (laughs) The highest form of ourselves. And so I love how you said throughout the writing process, you realized you became more free-flowing and more of an expression of yourself and I feel like as you listen to it that's what it does it helps you to just really align with you like it's like exactly. all the all the pieces start to like slot into
1: place exactly yeah for
2: sure
0: as you hone into it wow wow in terms of a business-minded how do you think it leads you in that realm because I know what, You know, you wear lots of hats, so maybe you could talk about one in particular or however else you feel. How do you think that guides you in terms of making decisions uh, when it comes to projects like that book or uh, businesses that you want to venture into?
1: Yeah, this one is hard for me just because I'm still at the stage where I'm finding it difficult to connect um, income, Mm. intentional income with passion. Um, I feel like I'm still at the stage where like I know a lot of like artists and stuff say like you know initially it felt so weird to like pay for my like for to get people to pay for my work um, mm. and like I definitely went through that p- process especially with my book like I remember when um, I first printed the book and I was telling my mom how much I wanted to sell it for and she's like no like you need to sell it for more like you're short selling yourself and i was like oh but like i don't know like that imposter syndrome of like is it good enough like are people gonna want to pay this much for my work and i do definitely think i still to some extent um struggle with that um
0: yeah yeah
1: but in regards to like projects like for example like i i started a um, type of initiative called social community a while back, and and it's it's funny because now that we're having this conversation, I'm realizing that the process was very similar to my writing process. Where, mm-hmm. yeah, because initially, so I started it when I was like in my undergrad, so like maybe first or second year. It was in 2013. Um, just because like I had been to community events, um, particularly like community events that focused on um, issues within the Black community, um, and. I enjoyed them, but I always felt like there was something missing. And so, and that what was missing for me was like the conversation piece. It really started as like a discussion group where we were able to like discuss various issues within the Black community. It kind of branched off into doing like community events. And then at a point, I felt like, and this is also as my relationship with God changed, because um, mm. I didn't like, I didn't necessarily grow up in the church and then became um, actively Christian later on. And I realized that. I was doing things to stay relevant. Yeah. And that's not to say that those things weren't good things. Like, I don't think they were they were bad things because, you know, people still got something out of it. But yeah. I wasn't coming from a place of, like, an undeniable urge to do these things. It was mm-hmm. coming from a place of, I'm scared that if I don't put on an event now, mm-hmm. they're, exactly, I'm going to lose my following. People are going to forget about me and that type wow. of that's a big realization yeah and so I kind of put a pause on on doing events just because I I felt like I needed to like really speak to God about like what he wanted me to do in this realm and where he wanted me to go because I was like I don't want to just do good things and this is going to be so cliche but like I feel like this is the best way to say it I don't want to just do good things I want to do God things um so I wanted him to be at the center of it all. And it's like, Mm -hmm. at the time that my relationship with God changed, it was like, okay, well, I already had this thing going that I started before I was really, you know, uh, before I gave my life to Christ. And it's like, okay, now I'm praying for events, but it's like, I'm praying without having asked God if this is something that I needed to do. So it was like this weird, like, cognitive dissonance where it's
2: like,
1: like, okay, God, I know I didn't ask you about this, but like, you're here now, so like, figure it out.
0: (laughs) Right, that's it. (laughs) Like, but I have so much better for you over here. Right. Yes. Wow.
1: Yeah. So I decided to just put a pause on that and just like ask for clarity because I was doing different things. There was no real focus. I was just doing like it was like, oh, I want to do community events, but like there was no real focus on like, okay, Brianna, what are you going to focus on? You know, because there's many things that we can do for the community, but one of us can't do it all. So what are you what's your thing gonna be? Mm -hmm. Um, and I do believe that I've received clarity on what that thing is. And when I graduate in April, I'm going hey. to go full force. <laughs> I'm definitely going to go full force into um into doing what I what I know God is calling me to do. But yeah. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. Cause I feel like when you connect with him, he gives you purpose, which yep. he gives you clarity. But right. until he's in it, you you're kind of like a fish in the water. You're just yep. swimming with the with the waves, right? Like you're just yep. going. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yep. wow.
0: That's really amazing. I, I can I definitely identify with that because I felt like before I came to know Christ myself, um, I did not know what my purpose was. I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like, ask anybody who knew me, who knows me, like in my circle, my family. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be in business. So I started many businesses, but I don't know past that. Right. Um, it wasn't until now getting one closer to Him, to Him showing my identity is where he revealed my purpose, right? Um, So I feel like I hear the same from you.
1: That's Yeah, yeah. I think for me, weirdly enough, it's like I knew the realm of what I, like I always, people always ask me like, oh, what made you want to be a social worker? I mean, there are a few things that I can point out that made me, but it's like, I just always knew. and Mm. I think that that was like, God, I don't think that was just me, just like, yeah, I just know. Like, I do think that that was like, because that's kind of where God wanted me and has always wanted me. But it's like, I feel like that made it a little more difficult for me because it's like, I know that this is what I want to do. And because I know, and I've known for so long, it's hard for me to surrender that thing.
2: Mm. So it
1: it really became a process of like, okay, Brianna, yes. Like, you know, you have a certain level of clarity around like this because, you know, this is where your heart has led this far. And like, there's just this feeling of knowing I can't really describe, but it's like, okay, Mm but you don't know everything. You just know part mm-hmm. of it. So you need to surrender this thing so that you can be led in
0: it. Yes, and step by step is one exactly. of the things I really, really realized. Like he is only going to light up the very next step. Mm-hmm. And only one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big planner. I'm a big visioner, And I want to yeah. see it all. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, no. I'm going to give you one step at a time. Wow, what you said right there just hit me so hard because that is, in essence, a lot of what I've been going through lately is just realizing okay this is my dream this is my baby and i'm bring it over to you um because i trust you right? I love you and you love me and trust me one right i have to realize like you trust me with your people and hence why you gave me this purpose you know i'll be able to do well in this realm
2: mm-hmm.
0: i mean into that that um even though you know it mm-hmm. but i feel like that the balance when it comes to surrendering it yeah. can I really do what you're asking me to do even though I know you're asking me to do it can I really do it
2: exactly yep
0: wow wow and so okay I I wanted to guess I really want to ask you mm-hmm. what do you think is right now in you know 2020 was what it was right <laughs> overall it's been a, like for a lot of people it has not been a good thing for many I want to say it's been a good thing, right? You've come to a lot of realization. I think, I feel like collectively, Mm -hmm. a lot of people really woke up to a lot of things in their life that maybe wasn't feeling right with their Mm -hmm. integrity. all along. So what are some things that you feel like you took away from last year and that you want to really hone in this year?
1: Last year, man. It's funny because I can't even find a descriptive word for 2020. Like, there's <laughs> one descriptive word that that year. But um, I think for me, uh, I mean, I thank God that like, obviously it was difficult because of the pandemic. But like, I was able to like, you know, maintain my job and certain. So there's certain things that I didn't that I didn't experience that others did. So first of all, thank God for that. 2020, I definitely um, like I've always in, uh, for a long time experienced. Um, and lived with anxiety, and I'm a high functioning uh, person who lives with anxiety. And then in 2020, I, I experienced depression for the first time and realized that I'm also a very high functioning depressed person. <laughs> and within that time, to be honest, like my biggest lesson was that I was introduced to God as a father mm. and God as a comforter. Mm. As When I tell you, some days I was literally just, like, my prayers were tears. Like, that was it. I was just like, Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, like, I just need, like, I just need you. Like, that Mm. were my prayers for, like, a good two weeks. Like, I literally felt like I was going to die. Um, Mm. And he slowly but surely brought me out of it. And I think that that process of, like, one, that he didn't just pull me out. I feel like... He has the God has a capacity to just pull people out we see that in the Bible
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I feel like the experience of him comforting me through it rather than just pulling me out allowed me to experience him as a father because it's like mm-hmm. I, I'm not just gonna remove you from the situation I'm gonna show you that I can sit in it with you and you can trust me to sit in it with you so that is a lesson that I learned that I definitely do not want to forget because I do not yeah. want to forget that again. <laughs>
0: yeah. But even if life does throw queer balls at you again, yeah. you know that you're there.
1: hmm Yeah, it definitely yeah. shifted um my relationship. I feel like I mean, as you know, that God has so there's so many different expressions to him. And I'm very excited to see what expression I'm going to experience in 2021. But the God is a, a father, God is mm-hmm. a comforter, that was the expression that
2: like
0: covered my my 2020 wow yeah wow wow um that's big that's really big i would definitely say agree 100 percent on that like knowing him he expresses himself to you in a way that just you know that you know Mm -hmm. now is that's exactly why he is called the great i am because he is what Mm -hmm. you. Mm In the moment you need him to yep. be it, but he needs you to see it and feel it in your heart. That's right. I believe your intuition lies mm-hmm. so that therefore you can remember it in your head going forward.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, Brianna, I really thank you for jumping on here today. Is there anything that you know you want to share with folks about your your experience that you think people should know moving forward?
1: Oh, man. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on here. This discussion was amazing and I had no idea what it was going to be like. And I didn't I didn't I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect this. And I'm happy that this is what it was in regards to what I would share with people. I think that I would share and we kind of touched on this. But be patient with yourself. That has been my motto for as for like a couple of years now literally be patient with yourself and, and and also know that self-love is not what we see on social media self-love is not just you know lighting candles and putting bubble baths and taking pictures of your diet yeah. on instagram yeah. <laughs> in the bubble bath self-love is asking yourself difficult questions sometimes self-love is being mm-hmm. intentional about Mm. your growth process and being intentional about your growth process means that we need to look back and reflect and legitimately make a plan for what we're going to do to be better but once again within that process be patient with yourself and love yourself through it at every point because at the end of the day no one has to live with you except for you right not not your sister not your brother they can all if they really wanted to Hopefully they wouldn't, but if they really wanted to, they could up and leave you, but you have to exist within yourself. So if nobody else is going to give you grace, aside from God, of course, you need to give yourself that grace and need to allow yourself to go through, go through the process and be honest about where you are in your process, because when you're not, you delay that
0: process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited for what he is doing in your life. It is very evident to me that he's moving mountains. And as you turn inward and really understand how he's guiding you, it's just going to be like on and popping come yeah. 2021 and beyond. <laughs> but Okay. Let the folks know where they can find you. Do you have anything coming up that you want to people, let people know about? Share it now.
1: Yeah, so um, my social media handle, so for Instagram, is Brianna Chanel underscore. Um, I also have a website, briannachanel.com. Upcoming, I don't have anything that I'm ready to announce yet, but I do have, like, the book club that's going on right now. Yeah. We're in third cycle called Stories in Black Book Club, and essentially it's a book club um, that's meant to highlight and celebrate um, Black fictional authors um, and that kind of Idea. I run it with a with a friend. Um, her name's Felicia, and that idea for us came from the uprising, like Black literature being purchased after the whole like the whole like George Floyd thing, and like people mm-hmm. hy- heightened about the things that have been going on within the Black community forever. But I just realized that, or we just realized that, like individuals are only interested in Black literature when it has to do with us teaching them how not to be racist, and mm-hmm. this, like, outside of that, we have we're some. I keep saying this, but we are some damn good storytellers and we always mm. have been. And I think that our literature needs to be celebrated beyond us teaching you not to be racist because at that point, if you're only looking at us to learn how not to be racist, you're still in your head not seeing us as people.
2: You're That's seeing true. us
1: as people that you can save and by not being racist, you're saving us.
2: But mm.
1: outside of, of being oppressed, we actually have loved lives. We laugh. There's joy. There's peace. There's like There's so much... About us that exceeds that that uh, that um oppressive um experience. So yeah, that's what that book club is about. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to know when the next cycle is and where you can register. But yeah, for any other updates, just uh, follow me. Visit my website, and that's where you can find me.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And I agree wholeheartedly. There's a whole world of black culture that right? kind of is dismissed, and yeah, it's kind of dismissed a lot. Mm-hmm. But even within our Black community, how much are we even really tapping into it? That's I the last time I read a, a book by a Black, author. I'm reading the Michelle Obama book now, but mm-hmm. before that, I don't remember the last time I read a book by a Black author, so I think mm-hmm. it's time kind that of, we all come up with attention to our culture in general, not just what we see on, you know, our news feeds, exactly. but also like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's various cultures, our various cultures, because Black is not monolithic, like, there's so many differences, and I feel like mm-hmm. The only way that those differences can be seen is when you listen to our stories, you'll realize that, oh, her story is not the same as that other Black person's story. Oh, they Mm -hmm. actually have different lives and different traditions and whole different identities. (laughs)
0: It's true. It's so true. (laughs) But I guess in time, right? It takes one person to get it. And as they share their knowledge, the next person gets it. That's how we start to change the rest of the world. Thank you so much for being here today. really excited for what Is going to come for you. And thank you, all you people listening in. Uh, And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Wow. This episode with Brianna literally was mind blowing, how timely it was for me in my life and having to really understand that forgiveness is a whole process. And I really love the way that she broke down the process that she uses for forgiving herself. So as you guys know, now it's your turn. Let's talk about it. What is something that you need to forgive yourself for? What is something that you need to forgive someone else for? Remembering and keeping in mind that forgiveness is really about setting yourself free. Take some time today to think about it, maybe journal about it, or voice record it. At the end, rip it up, throw it out, or delete the recording after you rip it up or after you delete it. That part is just to remind yourself that you have already done it. You've forgiven yourself for Sometimes I find a physical action helps me to solidify the memory. It's a process, and we're gonna have to remember. And you're ready for me yourself. So what do you want to do? Take some time this week to do it and let me know. Shoot me an email or DM me. Let me know how it's gone for you. If this episode made you think of someone, share with them. Until next time, live life fearlessly.